Welcome to Broadway's Backbone with Brad Bradley, a podcast dedicated to the men and women of the ensemble, the chorus of dancers, singers, and actors that are the foundation of every Broadway musical, actually every musical. These often unsung gypsies are the hardest working people on the boards and are, well, Broadway's Backbone. Welcome to episode 23. Our special guest is Joanne Hunter. Welcome, Joanne Hunter, to Broadway's Backbone. How are you? I'm great, Fred. Thank you. How are you? I'm great as well. Thank you so much for doing this. Your final previews for disaster right now. Correct? Yes, yes, we are. It's like my mind blowing. Yes, so and great. Well, well, this will be a little distraction from disaster. Yes, indeed. So indeed. I'll start off by reading your credits. Oh my uh, heavens! Okay. Jerome, Jerome Robbins, Broadway, Shogun the Musical, Miss Saigon, Guys and Dolls, Damn Yankees, How to Succeed in Business. Without really trying. <laughs> Chicago, Steel Pier, Kiss Me Kate, Thou Shalt Not. As associate choreographer, we have Millie, thoroughly, thoroughly modern Millie, All Shook Up, Wedding Singer, Curtains. And now, you, as a choreographer, On a Clear Day You Can See Forever. And this season, you have School of Rock and Disaster. That just took up our whole hour. Great. Thank you very much, Joanne. Yeah, my God, that was amazing. Uh, just so you know, there was one Broadway credit missing. Which one? Forum. Funny thing Forum? Happened. Really? Mm-hmm. And IMDb needs to have a little talking well, to Well, someone said that to me, but I was like, how do you... Ch-? I had no idea how to change it. They said, you have to call them or something and get your playbill. I went, oh, really? Oh, that's too much work. That, 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 that is <laughs> so, a lot of work. That's why I've never done it. Well, because last time I saw you, you were auditioning for Disaster opening weekend of School of Rock. That's right. So you don't have time to be calling IMDb right this second. So where are you from and how did you get started? I grew up, I was born in Japan, actually. Made in America, but born in Japan. Just so, oh. just so you figure that out. Um, <laughs> but I grew up in Rhode Island from first grade till eleventh grade, and uh, I started dancing when I was about 11, 10, 11 and fell in love with it, and moved to New York when I was seventeen on a dance scholarship, and never went back. Wow! How was it growing up in Rhode Island, being a dancer? Okay, this is, I know this may sound weird or may not, um, as I never, I was a, I hated to admit I was a dancer because where I grew up in a very small, secluded little, well, Rhode Island is, was pretty secluded back then. Um, it's much more cultured now, but not when I was growing up. Um, and I, people made fun of me. So I, only my good friends knew I danced and I hid it from everybody because people, and I was like, and I was a girl. I think I can imagine the boys, you know, that were dancing in different dance schools in Rhode Island, but I was a girl. And so it was, I don't know why it was weird. I kept it very quiet. Like I said, only really close friends of mine knew my two best girlfriends knew I danced and supported me. Everyone else had no idea. Didn't know why I didn't participate in school activities because I couldn't because I was dancing, but yeah. So it was odd. My dance family, I loved, you know, when I went to the studio, I lived at the studio pretty much, you know, you finish school, I have to do a little bit of homework, and you're at the studio all day, all night, and I, I that's where I felt the most comfortable, because I, I guess I, I don't think I realized it, and I'm just realizing right now, I guess I realized it it's who I was, but I don't think I knew that then, if that right. makes any sense, yes. do you know what I mean? But I knew that I was so comfortable there, much more than at school. Yeah. 
That's weird. I'm just having an epiphany right now. Yeah. Oh, well, it's recording it. So, so at 17, what kind of dance scholarship did you have? I had a scholarship to study with either Gus Giordano in Chicago for the summer or Chuck Kelly. I chose Chuck oh. Kelly because I wanted to come to New York. And I just loved him. He was such a kooky guy. Uh, still is. I haven't seen him in many, many years. But And I danced 15, 17 hours a week, Monday through Friday, every day from summer break between you know when I finished my junior, senior, junior year of high school before I started my senior year of high school. I, I came here and studied, and when my scholarship was over, I went home and said, um, I'm not coming back. I told my mom I, I didn't want to come back. And so I quit school. Quit high school? Quit high school. And you know what? It's amazing because for years, I mean for 30-some years, I would never admit that. There were... There were less than a handful of people who knew that I did not graduate high school. And now, finally, I'm okay to admit it. I got my GED when I was doing my first Broadway show. It took me that long to do it because I was kind of embarrassed and ashamed that I was a high school, that I was technically a high school dropout. But you were following a dream, which is something a lot of people don't do. Yeah. And you know what, Brad? I don't even know. It's funny. I don't even know if it was a dream. I I know the only thing I feel like I knew is that I knew I wanted to get get out and I knew I wanted to dance and I didn't realize it was Broadway or theater what I wanted to do really until I I saw I saw a couple of shows come through a tour of the um, tour of dancing and of course I came through in to Rhode Island and I just was like my best girlfriend actually took me for my 16th birthday and I thought oh my god I think that's really what I want to do and then when I had my scholarship with Chuck Dana Moore I was in class with her I didn't know who she was you know but she was doing across the floor a little combination across the floor and Chuck Kelly was kind of standing next to me he goes you see that girl I said uh-huh he goes she's in dancing and I thought to myself she's in she's in what like the show I mean I was so green I thought like the show you mean that show and she's in class I was just I don't know why that was just so odd to me got a standing room Five dollars, five dollar, five dollars, <laughs> and uh, and I thought, okay, this is why I'm here. Yep. But I don't think I actually really knew it. I just knew I wasn't supposed to be in Rhode Island. But and I all I knew how to do was dance, and that's where I felt the most comfortable in my life. So yeah, so I don't know if it was a dream, but I knew I I knew once I got here, I couldn't go back. Couldn't go back. Yeah, I could not go back. And was your mom okay with that? Because I know you you uh, have an interesting, fun relationship with your mother. You make fun of her in a good way all, all the time. time. All the time. No kidding. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes, my mom said to me that she she said she knew that I wasn't going to come back after being here for the summer, and she told my dance teacher she was not going to come back. She said she knew. So she was. They were both incredibly supportive, and they once we. I moved here into an all women's hotel on Fifty Seventh in Lexington. They moved me in. We had a little dinner, and then they drove home. And apparently, I didn't know this. They cried all the way home. They drove home. They cried all the way home. But I was oblivious to this. They never ever showed me any kind of fear or you know doubt at all. My mother just. It was just. She said she knew that was going to happen. Wow. Yeah. And so when you made your Broadway debut, were they just? There opening night. Yes, yes. My mom was there. I was dressed, all dressed up. Yeah, it was pretty. That was, yeah, it was pretty amazing. So your Broadway debut was Jerome Robbins Broadway. Yes. Which is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, how was that experience in working with an alleg- a legend at, what? how old were you? I was, oh God, um, 21. 
21, I think, 21 or 22. Um, and I had that was my second time working with Mr. Robbins. Already? Because I did the national tour of West Side Story. That was my first equity job was a national tour of West Side oh. Story with, with Rex Smith. <laughs> Catherine oh, he Buck- was a big star Oh, then. hello. I had his album, okay? <laughs> you, you take my breath away. Oh, yeah. Um, Leilani Jones was our Anita who had just done Grind or was doing Grind or something she won a Tony for Grind if I remember correctly and Catherine Buffalo was our Maria and they had fired a girl and there was a girl in the show named Anne-Marie Gerard who we lived near each other way way uptown and she said you have to bring in Joanne, this girl Joanne Hunter after so she's the one who got me this pro- had a private audition and I was hired on the spot and so I got my my first professional job, my equity job. And Jerry didn't put the show together. He, Ruth Ruth Mitchell put the show together. But he came in our last two weeks of rehearsal and then tech. And, and he came in and, yeah, I was just like, I, you know what? You you don't, I didn't, again, I didn't realize I'm in the room with, with Jerry, Rob, Jerome Robbins. It's, it's ridiculous. And so then when I, when I um, auditioned for, Jerome Robbins Broadway. I was I was my audition started at ten, and it, I was there till five or five thirty. Even had a lunch break all day long. Oh we went gosh. through, and I remember I was kind of stretching at the bar. There was probably about seven girls in the room, and we're stretching. And all of a sudden, I hear Joanne, and I get a, and I look up. At least and they you know they wave to me to come forward towards the table. And I walk over, and uh, Mr. Robbins says to me, he goes, Joanne, you you did West Side Story with with who? And I looked right at him. I said. You <laughs> and I, I wasn't trying to be sarcastic. I wasn't. I wasn't smart enough to be sarcastic, you know. And he, the, everyone at the table looked at him. I said, "Well, I said you didn't do the whole rehearsal, Mr. Robbins. You came in for the last two weeks, and we were in uh, in D.C. at the Kennedy Center." He goes, "Oh," and he kind of giggled, and everyone giggled. And I thought, "Okay, I, I don't know if I just blew it." Or I had no idea, but I thought to myself, "Oh my God, did I just did I embarrass him?" I have no, but he was he was so lovely. I have I had a great experience with Jerry Robbins. I know that I might be one of the fewer people, hey, but he was we'll so kind to me. I think I reminded him of someone special in his life because he used to touch my face all the time, like a like a parent or an uncle, or, you know, something that was very tender. Uh, and I I used to think I remind him of somebody. That's what I felt. Oh, yeah. How amazing. Yeah, I was very, very fortunate. Now, Miss Saigon, I remember when that was around, it was huge. Everyone had the album, and right now it's coming back. Coming back? back? Oh my God, a revival that I was in the original. Oh my God, okay. And how was that experience? Because that was like a legendary, huge production, and you were in the original company of that. It was great. You know what? I had never worked with those guys, I'd never worked with the British team. So, and I was still, that was only my um, one, that was my third Broadway show. So I was still. I think, right? Yes. Yeah, so look at me, I look at the oh, paper, yeah. well, right? I'm, I'm, I'm not going to hit them all because we don't yes. have time for them all. And, so I'm um, skipping around. It was my third Broadway <laughs> show, and so I was still, I mean, I think I had more credits than some other people, a lot of the people in the show, but there's, I was still very green. And, you know, it was a very singy show. And we had the, the, the Frenchman, Alain Boubiel and Jean-Claude Michel, and they were, the, oh my God, we were singing uh, one of the big numbers, choral numbers in the show. And I remember sitting there, and uh, he would walk around. Sean, it was it was not Elaine Boubier. It was a Sean, Sean. Oh my God, I can't remember. I just said his name. Anyway, it's the other one. <laughs> and uh, he was walking around, just listening to us, but not looking at us, like his back to us, as if he was 
like, yes, I have a great ear and I don't need to look at who's singing. But it scared the crap out of me. I was like, oh my God. It was because it was a very singing show. Not, the dancing was not first and foremost. And he would just walk back and forth. And I'll never forget, he was somewhere in the area where I was sitting and he said, oh, someone over here is flat, singing flat. And I was like, he's not even looking at us. I was like, oh my God, is he talking about me? I don't even know. Oh my God, is he talking about me? I had no idea, but it scared the crap out of me. It was, But I loved it. I mean, it was a great, it was a great team. And you know what? I love the show. I know it had a lot of controversy, but I, I loved doing it. I loved and, and made a lot of great friends and, and we lost a lot of people too in that company, unfortunately. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, and working with Jonathan Price, who was, you know, he's a brilliant actor and he was funny and just, oh, he was, yeah. And Yeah, well, some of the controversy was the fact that he was an Asian. Yes. Well, I mean, where do you stand with, I mean, as an Asian woman, just with, uh, there's not a lot of shows for Asians, you know what I mean? And uh, do you have any certain opinion of, like, that type of thing, not necessarily Jonathan Price, but right. just well, you know, it's funny. I think it's changed. When I, I, I never, I know this is gonna, I, I'm gonna. This whole interview is me saying, I know this is gonna sound weird. Um, <laughs> I never thought of myself as a, a put in a in a category, if that makes sense. I yes, never that's great. put myself in a Asian category, Asian American. Um, I was a girl and I was a brunette. That was about as much of a category as I saw myself. So when I didn't understand when people were like, well, no, she's too ethnic. I thought, what, what, is, what do you mean? I look like, ah, to me, I look like everyone else. I have two eyes, I have a nose, I have a mouth, I have two ears, I have eyebrows, I have small boobies. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I didn't. So when, and maybe that, I think that's, you know, in retrospect, it's kind of an ignorant thing of me to, because I was just so oblivious. I didn't really think of things that way. Um, no, but it's a beautiful way to think of everyone as equal. I, yeah, I didn't. I never thought of anyone as a, a as a as a category. Yeah. All, all I knew was you were a man or a woman. You were female or male. Mm-hmm. Really, that's all I really knew or could look at. Um, but at the same time, I remember the controversy because for years, many people they weren't sure what I was. They some people thought if it were the summertime, I had a great tan, I could pass for Latina. You know what I mean? Some people immediately saw uh, there was an Asian influence in me, but not quite sure. So when the whole thing with Jonathan Price, I remember Shogun, my second Broadway show, I couldn't get an audition for it because casting said, no, no, we, we need Asian people. And my agent said, she's half Japanese. I'm first generation. I was born in Japan. And they were like, she is? So I remember thinking with Jonathan, I went, well, what, his parents could be a mixed race and him not look like a full Asian you know what I mean so at first I thought well is that a wrong is that bad but of course now I'm a little bit more schooled and, and um, educated and hopefully I know a little bit more the fact that there's not as many opportunities for any ethnic minority whether it be Asian Indian you know uh, African-American wh- whatever the the minority is there the opportunities are not as as vast as right. they are for Caucasians, just not right now. You know what I mean? They're getting better. Oh my God, it's amazing. I yeah, wish I was. I wish I was still acting, you know, on TV because I see so many Asian women. I'm like, damn it, you know. <laughs> um, so in that way, I, you know, I see why the Asian community was in an uproar. But I didn't. It did not hit me because I think I was just I was ignorant. I was I didn't really understand the scope of it. 
right. you know, because I did not put myself in a category. And it, it took me a while even to, I was just like, why, do, why, do, why am I an Asian, why am I the Asian girl in the cast? And now, now I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm Asian American, I'm, that's okay. Uh, you're right, I am in a bit of a category. We are, unfortunately. Right, we, the world puts us that's, in one. Yeah, yeah. yes. Wasn't there a time when you were, your picture was on three Broadway theaters at once? <laughs> well, I remember your Miss Saigon picture. <laughs> I definitely do, but you were like, I was on three different marquees. Well, I'm trying to think. It would have to have been Saigon, Guys and Dolls, because I left Saigon to do Guys and Dolls, and maybe, oh, well, Shogun had closed. Maybe it was Jerome Robbins still running, and maybe it was that? Maybe. Yes. Maybe Forum? Forum, I did, no, Forum was later, because I did Forum after... How to Succeed. How to Succeed I did after Guys and Dolls, and then Forum was, I think, after that. I'm wondering if it was if it was Guys and Dolls, Saigon, and Jerome Robbins. Well, that's great. <laughs> With Guys and Dolls, the name Chris, Christopher Chadman, uh, I don't know him at all, but people talk about the reverence for this man and the reverence for that show in general with... Faith Prince, yes. we were working with again, yes. and Nathan Lane. I mean, yes. how was being a dancer for Chris Chadman? You know what? He was old school, but I grew up in that type of schooling where it was strict. You didn't talk back. You wore your heels all day long until rehearsal was over. So that was something I was used to. This is how we worked. He was strict, but I loved him. I loved the way he moved. He His movement was so up my alley, mm. and he was tough, but... You know, it, I, I, I have no doubt that if he had survived, if he'd lived, you know, if he had the medicine that we have now for the AIDS virus and everything, he would, his career would have flourished. He was tough. There's no doubt about it. But what's this, that's okay, you know, and he expected a lot from you. And you gave it to him. Absolutely. I loved working with him. I, I, I miss him. I loved working with him. Oh, that's yeah. great. What was your experience like being a replacement? Because in several of your shows, you were being a replacement. Was that hard for you or did you just fit right in? Well, you know, it was interesting because my first four shows, I was original company. And then all of a sudden, it was it was How to Succeed. It was the first time I was a replacement. And um, I replaced the dance captain. And something it didn't work out. I don't know. But all I know is this. They called me and they said, they offered me the job. I didn't have to audition, which was crazy. They offered me the job. I was cleared. And they said, and, and dance captain, I go, okay. But there was no, when I was hired, there was no dance captain left. She had left already. They did not overlap. So not only, I had to put myself into the show. <laughs> and this is before you probably allowed to videotape or anything. Oh, yeah. Like Literally, I would watch. I mean, I did videotape them. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, 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 um, would watch in the wings and put my and you know sometimes a swing would come in and help help me help learn the choreography and I watched a block and literally I put myself in like one number at a time. It took me almost a week to put myself in the show, and then then in two weeks I was putting in a swing to cover a male swing to cover I don't know he was I think oh he covered gosh. like it was Andrew Palermo was it Andrew no 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 it was it was Gordon Greenberg it was one of those two wow good memory and um. I, I literally was like, I had to learn a swing, a male swing track. Oh, my heavens to Murtroid. It was so hard. I only did the show for six months. I was wasted because then I left to do uh, Kathleen Marshall's uh, Time and Again, which was uh, off oh, from where my. we went to um, the Old Globe. I mean, Old Globe, yeah. So, yeah. So that was interesting. I don't think that's the norm. <laughs> 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 but, you know, it's, it's interesting because 
going into a show, you have to you replace something that's already going. And so for me, that was very different from creating something, having, oh. having things being created around you. you yeah, had to like, for you. Yeah, but what was great, when I went into Forum, you know, I went, I took Marianne, Marianne Lamb, got to, left to do Chicago. So I went in, and uh, and Robbie Marshall was so awesome. Well, I went in, and he came, saw the show, and he called a rehearsal. And he said, you know what, Joanne? He goes, you're a different being. He, he re-choreographed it for me, which was... I mean, he was so, he was great. He's, he is great. Yeah. He that came in great. and he took time and he took time to talk about character. It was, yeah. So that was a great, that was a, they were all great experience, but that was, that was pretty cool. Oh, Do you absolutely. know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you've done two shows for Susan Stroman, Thou yes. Shall Not and Still Pier. She's my And girl. you, you, <laughs> you've said that you are not a Stroman girl, yet you've done two shows for her. So that's fascinating. How was that experience? Well, first of all, I, I think Susan is the classiest human being ever. I, I absolutely admire and love her. I think she's just awesome. I always say when, when I grow up, I'm going to be like her. Unfortunately, I'm already grown up. so. And I think you are uh, already like her. Well, wow. You are. Thank you. That's really, thank you. I'll take that as a very big compliment. Thank you. Um, I, I got Steel Pier because I was on I was doing time and again in San Diego with Kathleen Marshall and we were not extending <laughs> and we weren't coming to Broadway even though we all have Broadway contracts. Oh really? So yeah. So I got a call from my agent at the time said, um, you just got an offer to do Steel Pier with Susan Stroman and Scott Ellis. I went, but I I got I didn't audition for that show. They said you're they're sending an offer out. You uh, when's it start? The day you get home. I went, oh, okay, yes. You know, and I thought, how did I get this job? And I know I had auditioned for her once before for Kiss Me Kate when she was supposed to do Kiss Me Kate. I don't remember if you remember this at the Delacorp. At the, oh. And I had auditioned for it. I think they had a couple callbacks, but then it never happened. I don't know if I would have gotten it or not, but then the show didn't happen. And uh, and and. Um, and Paul Dimignani was a musical director, and I had worked with Paul before, so he, you know, he remembered me, knew me, but, so that was the only time, and then I auditioned for For Crazy For You, and I remember, I think I had a call back, and it was on stage, I'm guessing the Schubert, right, it was at the Schubert, I'm guessing yes. it was on the Schubert stage, and I'll never forget, I was singing, and sudden she's in the audience, she was, Joanne, and I said, yes, she goes, how tall are you, and I was like this, <laughs> shit, shit, and she, I think I, I delayed enough that she probably thought, Without heels. I was like, yes! <laughs> well, I was like, five, four. <laughs> wah, wah. Anyway, um, so that's so two times I've auditioned for her. So anyway, I get, and you know, Johnson, at that time, Vinnie Lift, Johnson Lift cast. And mm. Vinnie was always so kind to me, great to me, and an advocate of mine. So when I got there, I thought, she has to be the one who who suggested, who recommended me for this. And then whoever, maybe Paul seconded or whatever, you know, it had to be him. So when I came in, I said, Vinny, thank you so much. I, I think you're probably the one who got me this job. He goes, no, he goes, you know, it was Chris Peterson, Stroman's assistant, who Chris and I danced. He grew up in, in Massachusetts. I came up in Rhode Island and we did dance competitions. But oh, we didn't wow. know each other. I didn't, I, I mean, I knew him and I knew he was awesome, but I, I, we never were friendly and we knew of each other, maybe saw each other's, you know, career path. But, and apparently he's the one who recommended me to Stroh, which, you know, and he's her right-hand person, yes. you know. And I guess Vinny then maybe vouched for me. I'm, I'm, I don't know the exact, but I believe that's what happened. And I thought, wow, 
So, you know, I walked into the rehearsal. I was a little, I was like three hours late because I just flew in that morning. And, um, and I remember I was in like overall shorts. I couldn't look more near, 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 near. I can't even believe I dressed like that. Anyway, and we were, they were doing music rehearsals. So David Loud was doing music rehearsals. So I walked in music rehearsal, blah, blah, singing. And then we had lunch and came and we were going to dance. So I put my dance clothes on, I'm ready to dance. And I walk in and I remember Stroman coming up to me. And she looked at me and she goes, and I remember she kind of came up. She goes, let me look at you. And she kind of like looked at me. She twirled me around and I was like, oh my God. I got my, I got my heels on. You know? <laughs> And I just, and she was just the coolest person ever. And, you know, and then she paired me with, with Greg Mitchell. And it was oh, just... you and Greg Mitchell were amazing together in that show. Thanks. He was, yes. He was great. He oh. was, I miss him. He was great. He was, he was a great partner, funny, just, and he had more phlegm. He was always like, <laughs> I was like, how much phlegm is in that nose of yours? It's always, he was always like, <laughs> And then touching his, you know, personal area. It was just like, oh my oh. god, he was such a character. But such I a loved. character. But he was committed. Yep. A hundred percent all the time. Yep. Yeah. I love because I was the only one. Me and Kristen, of course, were the only two people making our Broadway debuts, and he was so nurturing to me because I was like freaked out. Um, you were the peanut. <laughs> I was. I, I love was that. I'll never forget you coming across and what Denmark going. Hey, nut. Or what was her joke? Oh, get out of here, you nut. Get out of here, you nut. You dare oh. with that. Oh, my uh, God. You used to crack yeah. me up. He was just always so so sweet and so kind. I'm so glad I got to like be exposed to that generation of, you know, what, of, and also dancing like a man. Yes. And being graceful. Cause, yes. Yes. He is. He, I was thinking, we did both of our Stroman shows together. I know. Oh, my that, God. It literally just hit me. Yes. <laughs> That's what's great. Because then when it comes to, like, being 5'4", Partnered with someone who's 5'7 is perfect. We worked well together. We did work well. We were well a husband together. and wife, just in case you didn't know that audience. Yes. <laughs> yes, which was a fantastic experience. That was so great. Of a bomb of a show. I know, God. <laughs> but what a great cast. Oh, yes. We had a great time. I mean, I love backstage. We had such, such a great time. Such a great time. It was a group of really good people. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And two Susan Stroman flops, but don't, don't happen that often. I know. And you know what? Still, pair. Hi. So this day, that was the one show I mourned more than anything. Oh, me, close. I mourned. Me too. The score was amazing. Oh, everything. The dad. I lo- I loved everything about it. I was like, I don't know why they hated us. I, I was so upset. I was so. I've never been so upset. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So Kiss Me Kate. When I saw Kiss Me Kate, I was thrilled. I mean, sometimes you walk into an old-fashioned musical and you're not excited. That revival was spectacular. Yeah. And every part of it. But you also understudied Bianca, yes. and you went on quite a bit. Yes, I went on. I took over the role for about three months. Yes, yeah, that was a, a you know it was another, it was like another guys and dolls experience, like this good old fashioned American musical. And when they're done well, you, you can't beat it. First of all, it's got a great book already. You know, the base is good, but then when you have a creative team that that meshes, that works so well together, it just it's it's it doesn't get better than that. You know, doing a classic like that. Yeah. Yeah. And did you like also um, being an understudy and taking over roles? Was that part of your career trajectory? Um, you know what? I knew, I always liked to sing and I always wanted the opportunity to sing more on stage, you know. I, and I love, it was the, it was, I loved doing the role. I loved it. It was just so right up my alley. She's a little quirky, kooky, and, and she gets to dance, you know, she gets great songs. One of my, as one of my friends calls it, the longest song in the history of the world. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I, I loved it, you know, and, and I loved, because, you know, as a dancer, 
dancers are just always ready to to do okay go there can you you need to move over there get get yourself over there like you just know how to manipulate the room and i don't mean the room i mean manipulate getting to where you need to be on the stage right and you just you're 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 more spatially aware or at least you should be of bodies because you, we use our bodies so much so to be an understudy was not i'm not saying it wasn't difficult but it wasn't hard because I was always aware of what she was doing, where she was going. So, Absolutely. do you know what I mean? Yes, I just I think do. that we're we're more conscious that way. So it wasn't hard to learn the role. And also, you know what? I was like, I wasn't gonna go to the first rehearsal not knowing my shit. I was like, you know, I mean, I had too much of an ego that oh no 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 first day of rehearsal I'm off book. I know blocking go. I'm like ready. I I wanted to be prepared, and I I loved it. I loved and you know, and Amy was so great in the in the part, and so it was. I love going on. I had a ball. I, scared. I remember my first time, I was petrified. I was like, my heart was like, palpitating. I'll never forget. But I, it was so invigorating to get through that damn long-ass number. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of long-ass numbers, I remember you went away regionally to play Cassie in a chorus line. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was great. That was, a, that was a dream role. Because especially for a female, you know, in a female role that has such a great arc. And I didn't do it till I was 30, and I thought I was well, I was actually old enough to understand the part. Right. You know oh, what I mean? Yes. If I were younger, I would not have understood the part as well. And now that I'm not 30, <laughs> I understand the part even more. But um, yeah, I, I was that was that was that was a dream role, which I never ever thought I would get an opportunity to play. I would think I thought at that point I would start realizing, oh, people would never because they think of me as now now I'm Asian. Oh. And then, but I was too tall for Connie Wong. <laughs> I'm a joke and say that. <laughs> Very true. So with Millie, uh, you were the dance captain and the associate choreographer, but you were also in it. Correct? Yes, I was not the original dance captain nor the associate. Really, oh. I was. I Millie came in my life after we worked together in Thou Shalt Not, and um, I was not. Uh, David Eggers was the original dance captain. Okay, but then he decided he didn't want to do it after six months, and or six maybe a little. Somewhere around that time, I can't remember exactly, and and Rob Ashford came up to me and said, "Would you be the dance captain?" And I said, "No," <laughs> because I I was also, as you know, I was going through a, a time in my life, a personal time in my life, a big change, and I just I didn't think I had the capacity to worry about anyone else but me. I thought I I just have to be selfish, you know, and I said, "I just Rob, I just don't want to do it. I just I just want to just do my show." You know, and he said, I know, I know, I want you to think about it. Just, I said, okay, I, I promise I'll think about it. You know, and then I was like, oh, should I just do it, Joy? Just get over it. Just move forward. So I said, oh, so I said, okay. So then I, I took over as a dance captain, and then I helped put the national tour together, and then the, and then West End, and that's when I became the associate on the uh -huh. show. So, yeah. And it, when you were in the show, too, did you have glasses and, like, two little buns? <laughs> no, I, I just... <laughs> No, because I remember distinctly. It was distinctly, my best look ever. Yes, well, I remember distinctly and uh, that a lot of times, if you're in the ensemble, you don't feel like you get to make a choice as a character. And uh, the performers in the ensemble that you remember the most are the ones that do. Right. And I remember, all of a sudden, you were like this nerdy <laughs> with the glasses, and I was just like, oh my God, that's hysterical. <laughs> and because it was a great is a great choice. Right. You know, so I just think oh, that was great. Yeah, you know? it was fun. That was that was Marty Pacolini, who, who designed our costumes, and that yeah. was, he was yeah. another 
Brilliant. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that was fun. I had a great time. That was another great company. Great, you know, that was Sutton's big, big yes. break, and it was, and, and Gavin. It was a great, Mark Kudish. It was really, it was another great company. It was Michael, that was my first time working with Michael Mayer, Ooh. who I adored, Dick Scanlon and Janine. So, and, you know, I was able to forge a relationship with Michael uh, over the years, and I just, so that was, that was another great show, and that was also my last Broadway show as a performer. Yeah. Yeah. And you touched on something that I think is very important for performers to hear that if you have something personal going on, it's okay to say this is more important. I think so many performers always think about their career. You're going to have a healthier career if you take care of your personal life. Yes. And I just think that that's for you to be able to say no isn't something that a lot of people do. Yes. I mean, <laughs> you're probably you're right. You know what? I think here's the thing, you know, performers, dancers especially, there's not a lot of work out there. And there's a lot of them, a lot of us out there, right? Yes. So when you get a job, it's like you're so afraid to say anything. And not, and I'm not saying don't be a, a doo-doo head and be obnoxious about it. But, yeah, sometimes life is, life is more important. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is, we are very fortunate to do what we do, but... You, it's hard to do it really well if your if your focus is split, you know. And I, and that's what I was afraid of. I thought I just this is a great this Millie came at a time for me. It was great. It would help me focus. I had boom. I had a one. I had a job. I had a great gig. You know what I mean? I got to still do what I would love to do, and it made me for eight hours a day when rehearsal. Boom. Yep. It's all I thought about. So it was a it was a great thing for me. You know what I mean? But by that point that Rob had asked me, I I you know I also realized okay, Joy. It's time to move forward. Yes, which is great because I think sometimes women are like, oh, I I didn't have a baby. I didn't do this. You make all your choices for your career. Right. Which is, you know, not always the healthiest thing in right. life. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So when, speaking of career, when did you decide now it's time for me to be behind the table? Because next you have curtains and all shook up and wedding singer. These are all, seems like associate jobs that were leading towards being a choreographer. Did you know that now I'm ready to go? Or... Did it happen organically? No. I, okay, I know this is going to sound weird. Here's my 10 times saying this. Okay. So Rob asked me when we were doing Millie, and I think we had put together, or we're getting ready to put together the tour. I can't remember exact timing, but he said to me, we went out uh, for drinks, and he said, well, I'd like you to be my associate. And I, thought, I was like, I didn't know what that meant. I went, okay, do I have to sign a contract? <laughs> No, I was like, what does that mean? Because I don't want to sign anything. I, you know, and uh, I don't remember his answer. No, you know, and so we just, we, he, we just kept going and we forged a relationship where I worked with him several times and we worked well together. I love being in the room with Rob. I felt like we bantered well together. He, he was very respectful to me. I love being an associate and I worked, then I worked with Sergio. We had, and Sergio, we, we were friends too, so we would giggle and laugh all the time. He, he used to say to me, he goes, you don't like it? I go, no, no, what makes you think that? He goes, because your face. I said, no, I have a poker face. He goes, no, you know. I went, oh, shit. <laughs> um, but, I, I never, you know, people ask me, you should do your own thing. I said, no, I, I loved doing what I was doing. I loved that I was in the room, that you were creating, you are bantering, and you're like, and you, you know, I, I also love that, if it didn't, if people didn't like it, I wouldn't get blamed for it. 
But if they did like it, you wouldn't get the accolades, you know. Right. Also, also financially, monetarily, your your money stops opening night. You don't re, you don't oh. reap the rewards of royalties and stuff like that. After you know, but it, it was never about money for me. You know, I mean, I just I'm as everyone knows, I am a money whore, but I don't do it for that. Right. Even though I want to make a lot of money, I don't do it for that. I do it because that's what I want to do, and I, I was very happy. And then I was doing a gig in Japan. And I get a call from Ray Roderick, who I did form with, who is now directing. I love him. He's such a great guy. He got the rights to rewrite um, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, the one that was London that also came to Broadway. They oh, wanted yes. to do a tour. And so he got the rights to do it and then to completely revamp it, to rewrite it. And uh, he called me. He goes, I want you to choreograph it. And I thought, you want me to choreograph it? I said, Ray, I've not done anything that big on my own. I've always been the associate. Why? Are you sure? And he said, yeah. And he said to me, I've been following your career, Joanne. I think you're right for this project. And I was like, um, okay. Um, so which version of this is? He, he, he's the Broadway version, but I'm, re, I'm rewriting it. Um, and I said, is that the same version that was in London? Because I saw it in London. I didn't love it. That's just my personal opinion. Yes. And uh, he said, yeah. I said, oh, he said, let me send you the script. I said, okay. Send me the script. I go, it was much more like the movie. the way." He, and I went, oh, well, that, because I love the movie. Yeah. I said, oh, I like this. Okay, this makes more sense. Okay. So we talked again, and we talked over um, Skype, because, you know, I was in, in Japan. And I said, okay, Ray, I have a question. So, like, music-wise, do I, what kind of liberties do I have? Do I have, do I have to stick to this orchestration and all these dance arrangements? And he said, no, you can bring in your own dance arranger and do it. I went, I can't, really? I was like, oh, okay. And what about the costumes? Well, the costumes, but I go, well, I like to alter one costume because it's too long. So I want to, and he was like, got to do all of that. So I went, all right. And I thought, oh my God. All right, Joanne, do it. Because it goes on the road. If it's bad, no one's going to see it. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, and I'll see one if I like it. Two, I think I'm good at it. And I did it, and I would come home after rehearsal exhausted but invigorated in a whole different way. To You know what I mean? To, to have a con... And even though you're still you're still fitting under an umbrella that's already been made. Right. You know, in a way. But but you are, you're, I'm trying, you know, your own ideas or your own, or your own thoughts or, or concepts of how, how you want this number to go. It was like the coolest thing to go, I, I can I do that? And, and having someone said, yeah. So it was so amazing. And I, I, I loved it. I really, I really loved it. And, you know, I mean, I, now I think back and go, I got to would have done so many things differently, but it was a great learning experience. And he was so so supportive and awesome and so that's kind of how I decided now mind you I still wasn't ready to say I'm no longer a dancer performer right. because the thought of just choreographing scares still does to this day scares the crap out of me because it's I talk about fewer jobs oh yeah <laughs> you know what I mean and and it's just you really put yourself out there. It's you know, as a performer, you can control so much of what you do because you're the performer, right? You're on stage. You can figure out. You you know what I mean. You can, as a dancer, you can you know what looks right. You can manipulate the work so it makes you look good. And you know how. You know what I mean. It's like you are in control. As the choreographer, you 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 spew out these thoughts, ideas. You come up with a concept with movement, 
and then you have to trust that your dancers, your actors are able to make it come to life and make it sense. And if it doesn't, whose fault? Is that my fault? Oh my God, if it's not making sense, I have to change it. And then, then you have to, then everyone else just watches it and just critiques it. It is, it, oh. it kills me. And I do not read reviews anymore. It's been really? almost two years. Wow. Because when you read something bad about yourself, it's hard to get out of your head. Right, so, even if you know it's not true. It doesn't matter. Wow. <laughs> I don't care. Maybe some people have a, a, a more iron wall around them, but yeah, it's so, but it is hard because everyone, just like they say that old adage, everyone, like, like your butthole. Oh, everyone's yes. Got an everyone's opinion, got one. Right? Well, like that's for your Broadway debut as a choreographer was uh, on a clear day. And I saw it in 42nd Street Studios. I went to an invited thing. I was right in the front row. I was mesmerized at that run through. Um, and then I went out of town. And so sometimes stuff happens from a rehearsal studio to a, a theater. And that, some, so something happened and the, not the Broadway magic doesn't always work. But that was a huge disappointment. How is some, a disappointment like that as a choreographer different from something like Shogun? Uh, well, that was a huge disappointment. That was that was hard, and that was one time we got a lot of bad reviews. We got some mix and some good, but I would say you know sixty five percent not great, and the rest were you know pretty good. Uh, I made the mistake of reading one review that was not very nice to me. Oh, and I was like devastated. Then I, of course I read other ones that were nice, but could not get the not nice one out of your head. No matter how many nice ones you read, mm -hmm. could not. Uh, it it was hard because one that was my first big job as a choreographer on Broadway. Uh, I was working with Michael Mayer, who gave me that opportunity. Yeah, you know, uh, Liza Lerner, one of our producers, and and Tom Holtz and Ira Pittman, all these great people who I worked with um, doing um, uh, Spring Awakening. So I just I loved them and I respected them. They were just great, great team of designers, just great people and. And, and Harry, was, which was my second time working yes. with Harry, and I loved him. He worked so hard. He worked his butt off in this pas de trois that I had for him and uh, and the two other actors. Well, I'm just going to forget. Jesse and, oh, my God. Don't kill me. Don't kill me. Anyway, they were brilliant. But they he worked his butt off doing this. And I, I adored him. I don't know what happened. All I know is... They didn't like us. Yeah. It, yeah, that was hard. Shogun, it was only my second Broadway show. And I was, you know, when you're a performer, you have to believe in the work you're doing. So, and I I didn't know that we were not good. Mm. Because you're on the you're on the stage and you have to you have to believe it. You have to believe what you're doing or how you're gonna how you're gonna execute it up there. Right? So I I didn't I didn't no, I had no idea. And also, I was still so green. I didn't know that people that we were a bomb. And we looked good. Yeah, I thought, yeah exactly. Oh, this is like ten yeah. million dollars. This is a ten million dollar musical back in nineteen ninety. That's huge. huge. Um, so it was, you know, I when we were the only reason I was de I was devastated. Of course, we closed, but I was devastated because we had I just bought my first apartment. Uh. <laughs> I don't know, oh my god, I'm going to pay my bills. Um, but but like I said. No one blamed you specifically for the failure of the show. When you're on the creative team, you're definitely part of the 
the blame. You know what I mean? And that's hard, but yeah, it's hard. You, you have to trust. You just have to trust um, your leader. You have to trust what you're trying to develop. And yeah, they're just gonna, it might not be what everyone wants it to be, but what are you gonna do? You just can't please everybody. You can't. You know? But it's hard, I'm not saying, it. that's the hard part of, of this side of the table. It's really hard. It, it, it's, yeah, it can get, it can get to you. It can get to, and I, I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't have shows like Strowman or Kathleen Marshall and these, Yet. you know, big, well, thank you, thank you. But you know what I mean? It's yes. just like, yeah. it's, it's it's exhausting and it's exhausting because you it's not about you it's never about you I don't think it should be it's about the product and the product of what goes on that stage and that all your focus has to be that not it's not a selfish it's you cannot be selfish you got it's to me you've got to get that going you yeah. got to get it right and so and when you put that much heart and soul and and then someone says something icky about it it's just it's hard to take devastated it is but now what you do have is Andrew Lloyd Webber and School of Rock (laughs) which is great yes I loved it I was I I mean I didn't know what to expect and I had such a good time Um, the kids are wonderful kids are amazing how was that experience just having a legend I mean a composing legend sitting there it was pretty surreal and kooky but he was great you know what, he was, he, def, he knows what he's doing, and he has an opinion, but he doesn't speak out, and he's very kind, and he's very um, respectful, but he definitely, when he disagrees, he will disagree, when he agrees, you know what I mean, but, it, but you can also sway him, you can also go, no, 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 Andrew, but it, you see, then he'll go, oh, I understand, he, it, it was amazing, and you know, he, you're in the room, he's like writing these brand new songs, it's like, holy moly, you know, and yeah. he was, and he loves the kids, he really, he is watching him with them, it's really, it's really something quite special. He's really just, you see this great, generous heart of his, which, um, you know, p- r- people wouldn't necessarily see when they think of Andrew Lloyd Webber, but when you watch him in the room with the young, because he does a lot for the youth in music. Oh. And um, it, was, it was great, you know, and the kids were, the kids were, it was, oh, exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> but I love them. I really, they warmed my heart. They were, yeah. They were amazing, and, and figuring out movement for that show was tricky because, you know, all the creative team wa- did not want seasoned, slick kids. That was really a huge part of our show, was not to have that, not to have, um, like, a, a show, you know, like, a Matilda, Matilda's brilliant, but it's a, we didn't want that kind. We wanted these kids to feel like real kids, and yes. so the movement, finding the movement was... Tricky, and I remember thinking, oh my God, it's just like, it was tricky finding it to feel organic, to feel like what kids would do, but yet still look like it's a cohesive part of the show. Right. But um, it was great. I, I, they were, I, I love those kids. It was, it was, there was another exhausting, because yeah. we did seven week workshop, and then, oh, wow. yeah, and three weeks of tech. Wow. Yes. Lawrence Conrad, who I love, the director, we get a lot, he's great. Yeah, we were, all, we were both like, okay, I'm done. We're, let's open this baby, because we are, <laughs> it yes. is exhausting, yeah. Well, now we're, uh, I want to talk about disaster, okay. and in many ways of it, because not only does it open this week, but people love working with you. A lot of people that have worked with you as an associate, uh, they talk highly of you. I've auditioned for you, and you're amazing. The whole process of, oh, Tara Rubin, actually, she called you joyful and authoritative. Which I love because it's true. You, I when I auditioned for you, I had so much fun, but I worked my ass off. I love that you have that quality. 
So the whole, coming up with the concept of like disasters coming to Broadway from the day one, they, how do you say we need this ensemble? Let's go from just steps through of like creating an ensemble. Before. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Well, Disaster is a little bit different because that was a show that was already done, you know, off-Broadway. Right. And I was not part of that original team, you know, with Jack and Seth. Um, so when they approached me, you know, they, they sent me, they had done a, a concert version in L.A., um, I think at the Pantages. They sent me a video of it, and I, and I remember going, oh, my God, this is hysterical. This is really funny and witty and clever. But they had three ensemble members that just did everything. And so and I said, so what, what do you see more from the from just this the how you kind of conceive the reading of this you know and I saw it off Broadway but I, I don't remember it really well but I remember the reading I mean this this read only because they sent me a video so um, <laughs> but so you know and they said I said because it, they said well we want more dancing we want much more dancing and I went okay I said but are we going to expand our ensemble because three people and eleven principals is not going to make big dance numbers. <laughs> yeah. Unless I've got, you know, 11 dancing principles, you know what I mean? And they said, no, 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 we're thinking of doubling it. I said, well, that would be good. Quadrupling it would be even better. Absolutely. But financially, that was not going to be, the, you know, the case. So when we were auditioning, now here's the thing. So we have six ensemble, three ladies, three gentlemen, two offstage covers. Those three, and 11 principles, 11 character some a lot of character actors a lot of very seasoned broadway people those six have got to cover and double cover those 11 so you know when we auditioned oh this guy's good you know he can he can dance i said well yeah he can move which is different from dancing yes <laughs> and so it was you know it's when we like this person i go okay here's the thing so if we want dan if you want dancing i i need people who really can dance. And so it was really tricky because they also had to play all these little character parts in the show. There's a lot of little character parts in the show, plus cover these major people in the show. Um, it was tricky. And then, you know, when we got it, we got six great people and then two great offstage covers also. And they're, they're amazing. They work their asses off in the show. But if it's not on stage, they are running off stage, changing weight costume she every oh my god bless her heart but you know and and we have i have two like dancer dancers who and then i have two three who dance really well and then i have one actor who is an actor like real actor singer who never really had to move in a show but he is dancing i said to him mono i said mono you now you can put dancer on your resume absolutely he has busted his booty for for me and i'm grateful to that but it it's, it was hard like okay how do i create these numbers that feel part of the concept of what they did because it's that you want it to musical theater because that's not what the show is what they've created so it had to fit in that it had to have a 70s groove to it, feel to it vibe to it but six people to cover the stage yeah it's been very tricky and very hard but i am so grateful to that ensemble for working their butts off and basically doing anything i asked them they've been really great yeah, well, I think that's one thing I know for me, too. When you walk into a room and you take things personally, you're like, I was the best one. I sang the hell out of it. That we as performers don't realize there's so much more that you're dealing with, with covers, with tracks, with vocal parts, that it doesn't matter sometimes if you're the best in the room because 
that has nothing to do with why you're getting cast. That's you know what? It's so funny you say that. The first time I was privy to being on the other side of the table was the tour of Millie. And I remember at the very end of all the auditions, you know, we, we what casting does take all the pictures, all our top players that we think, and we put them on the table, and then we have like you know, the seconds or whatever, and it's it's a puzzle. And they're like and I watched my favorite dancer be on the top pile. To then, oh no, but but no, but then this, we, we don't have a cover. We don't have a second soprano. We don't. Oh, but this girl. Oh, to go to the next, to go underneath and become second choice. Choice. I quote. That's my finger quotations, by the way. <laughs> um, to off the table completely. Uh, I was. I'll never ever forget that. It was. I went. Oh my God! You have no idea what it takes to cast a show if you've never... It was a huge learning curve for me and what eye-opener. I thought to myself, how did I ever get cast in any show? Right. Do you know what I mean? It yes. was because literally, I mean, the favorite... I, I can't remember who it was. But I was like, oh, we have to... This girl, she's the best. I robbed. We can't not have her. She's great. And then she's, and then, and then she's gone. And then she was off the table, never to be seen again. And that's such an important lesson because we have to really do the best we can in the room and then when we leave the room, let it go. You do. And it, you know what? Listen, it's so easy to say. Right. Because I can't do it. <laughs> I, but, but you know what? I, I always say getting yourself to the audition is a feat in itself. That, because knowing, okay, I'm going to get ready to go in there where there's a 50% chance someone's going to say thank you, but no thank you. Right? So you just, your odds are already cut down before you even walk in the room. Because you know there's other people. And you, you know what I mean? So it's just... Just just getting yourself up and going is hard, is so hard. And then having to leave the room thinking, oh, I, I didn't get the show or I didn't get the call back is, is so difficult. And I used to, I remember when I first started doing auditions, when, okay, do the audition. Okay, now the people we call, you know, the casting, can you stay? I would leave the room. I go like this. I would have, I think it was, who was I first working with? Was it? Jim Carnahan, here, and I would leave the room because I couldn't handle the oh, fact yeah. that people were going to get cut. Yep. It was just like, I can't look, I can't look at it because it, I know what it, I know what it felt like. It, it was so... And sometimes you're cutting your friends, sometimes you're cutting exceptional people because, you know I mean, they're a, a baritone and we need a tenor. It's, yes. But you don't realize that. Yeah, it's so. I wanted so badly to give a, one of these young dancers who I worked with a lot her first Broadway show for the show, and I just wanted it so bad. But she just she could not cover the, this one cover. It was not really up her alley. It was like, but we had to have this this role covered. Yep. So it was just like she was just off the table. You know, if I had an extra two bodies, two female, one male, one female, I I could have kept her. Yeah. But we didn't have that luxury because no. of costs and, you know, financial. Broadway shows are so expensive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you see a common mistake that people make at auditions? Yeah. Hmm. There's a couple. I think, here's a, uh, trying too hard. And by that I mean trying to like, be witty when you're, being, when you're nervous. Just come in and try to be yourself and be gracious. You know what I mean? If something kooky happens, that's okay. Right. You know what I mean? I think, but know that you're being watched from the moment you enter that room. And not doesn't mean you have to be on, but just know that your being, your aura, enters that room before you do. So, you know, come in, come in just as, as, as much as you can to be yourself. Because that's really who you people want to see. Yeah. 
I mean, I know it's so easy, so much oh, easier so, said than done. <laughs> right, but I mean, just practice and practice that, yes. I think, is what it is. Auditioning is an art form in it itself. Is. Yes. Yes. So how are the previews going right now? Are you being thrown changes and, and, and having to change your ensemble constantly during yeah. the day? Yes, we, we, there are a couple of days we literally, huge changes. I walked in and we weren't, we weren't planning on They're like, I think we want to make this change today. And I thought, oh, no, I'm not ready. Uh, okay, and I literally said, I need an hour with my associate. Let's go to the lobby and play. Yeah, it's been crazy. But you know what? Today was our last rehearsal. And I, we, I, I made, we weren't supposed to change, but I made a couple changes. Um, they were like, the show's frozen. I said, there's no such thing. <laughs> Just so you all know, there's no such thing. I've been in shows after a year. They've come in because the tour, they like the tour better. Yes. It happens. Oh, I hate when they do that. I know, right? <laughs> Damn them. So I was like, Just so, but today was kind of our last rehearsal day. And, you know, because then the press starts coming this week, which I will not be at. I will be drinking next door. As well you should. <laughs> you know, because this has been, I mean, a busy year for you. Yeah, it's I mean, been. Two openings. Been, yeah, it's been very fort. It's been kooky. They're, they're a little too close together for yes. my taste. But um, I'm, I'm not going to complain. I'm very grateful for it and for the opportunity and the learning experience. Because every job, no matter what it is, is you learn something. Yep. You know, or you should anyway. So, but it's, yeah, I mean, I'm pooped, pooped and dooped it. So I'm yeah. glad today was the last rehearsal. Oh, I bet. <laughs> I bet. And do you think, I mean, you're such a joy as a person. I mean, do you think having so much time in the ensemble and being a performer really makes you fun to work for? You know, I guess, prob- you know what, you probably, I-, I would say just because, because I've lived most of my life as a performer. You know, I just, I only went on the other side of the table not very long ago. So, um... I guess, yeah, and I think because I really, I think I do know what it's like because I do know what it's like. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and I want, even though I grew up old school with strict teachers, I'm not strict. This is this is me, and this could be a downfall of mine, but I just, when I walk into a room of professionals, I just expect everyone to act like a professional. So I feel like I shouldn't have to tell the room to be quiet or yell or listen. I just assume it will be done. And I don't think that's, maybe that's not necessarily a good thing, but that's just, you know, so I just assume, okay, we're, we're, we're fooling around. Okay, it's time to work. Great, you guys, done. okay? Yes. Yeah. So. Yes. Turn off your cell phone. Yeah. And take off and let, your ugly. Yeah, take off those oh. damn ug. Ug stands for what? Ugly. ugly. <laughs> that's me. I'm a heel wearer. Anyone who knows me. Oh, uh, excellent. Well, this is uh, an amazing uh, interview. I mean, do you have a career high or a career, um, like, highlight that you would come to the... Uh, okay, I'm going to have to edit this part right now. <laughs> <laughs> what would be your favorite moment if you could think of one? Oh, God. That's a lot. There's so many, I think, because, you know, your first Broadway show. Oh, yeah. Is huge. Um, my first jo- equity job when I became a professor, got my equity, cute little equity card. Oh. That's those are huge. You know, working with people. I, I mean, getting you know when before I worked with Susan, I had heard her. You know, I knew who she was, but I never had the privilege to work with her. And then getting to work with her, that was pretty awesome. Yes, you know what I mean. And Scott Ellis, that was pretty. That was pretty awesome. And then and then and then Robbie Marshall, and then Robbie Marshall becoming this phenomenal you know, film director, you know, it's like, oh my God, I, I, I worked for him a long time yes, ago. Yes, absolutely. There's, uh, there's so many. I, 
I mean, there are some jobs that I was like, oh, God, I can't wait for this to be done because some are hard. You know, and it's, and, it, and I think that's okay because just not everyone works well together. They might get along, but, you know, you have to find a team that meshes. Do yes. you know what I mean? And, um, but I don't, I, yeah, just so many, I don't know if there's one single moment. I mean, I have, like, every show I've had great, fond memories. Oh. Scott, you know what I mean? Like, great, like Steel Pier. I love oh. that cast. Oh, my We goodness. had such a great time. We were so skinny. Oh, I know. We <laughs> were we? Oh, I was doing that shag. Oh, my God. We were so awesome. We were so skinny. I loved it. I was like, <laughs> um, I know. Only dancers would say that. Uh, you know, but it was a great cast. Even though we were not in a hit show, but we had a great time, right? I feel yeah. like we had a great time. Oh, we had a great time. We had a great time. Well, it was like you said... We didn't realize we the show wasn't good. No, because we loved we loved doing it. Yes, we had great. I mean, Deb Monk, she was just oh my god, I fell in love with her. Oh, when her and Fred Ed would just be oh, like god, cracking her, each other up, and I was her like, peeing. Remember we have to do that running and running around the race or whatever, yes. and she would be like, I'm peeing my pants, I'm peeing my pants, and Fred Ed just making her laugh and her just tinkling in her pants. Yeah. Oh my god, it was a great. Yeah, and like. You know, guys and dolls, we had the same great cast. A group of girls that got along. We just got along so well. Because we came, a group, our dressing room was just awesome. Well, because we, sometimes I hear a group of girls don't get along. <laughs> I don't know where you hear that from. But <laughs> girls. The girls. No, it's true. But we, you know, like those moments when they, everything just clicks. It's just, yes. it's also, it's just, and they don't happen again in that they'll never happen with that group of people. That's, you know what I mean? So that's why there's so many great special moments because they'll, you can never replicate those special moments ever again because there's always going to be a different group of people, a different show, a different environment. It's always going to be different. So there's many high points for me anyway. Oh, there have been. And there'll be many, many more. Absolutely. That's me knocking wood. Yes. So uh, that's a song from your show. It is. Actually. uh, So what song would you pick to end your podcast? Oh, heavens. First I was afraid, I was petrified, and then I can never live without me by my side. Then maybe that's it. Yeah. I will survive, hopefully. Maybe that, I hope I do. You will. Thanks. Absolutely. You've survived thus far on stage and and behind the table. Thanks. And to whatever's next. I love you. I love you. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. But then I spent so many nights thinking how you did me wrong. And I grew strong. And I learned how.